Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 63 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of Inter Verona, which finished 2-1 to the host of the San Siro. Goals from Lautaro Martinez in the 13th minute, Thomas Henri in the 74th, and Davide Fratesi in the 93rd. Uh, Henri also missed the penalty for Verona in the 99th minute. As always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. And, man... This is after a win. This is a, a strange feeling because there is um, a lot of discussion on Twitter about this win. Some undeserved, some rightly deserved, and we'll get into all of it. Um, given that there is so much to talk about, going to do our best to you know keep this from going off the rails. And I think the way to do that is to start with what is ultimately the undisputable facts. Inter gets the win here today, uh, three points to go, five points clear of Juventus, who have a game in hand against Salernitana tomorrow. They get their, in their first game of 2024, they get a victory, um, and they bounce back after um, a pretty brutal draw away to Genoa to end the year. Those are the undisputable facts, and Interisti should be happy uh, with what occurred today. Unfortunately, the context tells a bit of a different story, and um, we would be remiss if, if we don't discuss it all. So here's what we'll start with. After a gauntlet of games against very tough opponents where Inter are, you know, arguably had their best stretch of the season result-wise and performance-wise, we started a stretch of games here against Genoa, um, Verona, and, uh, and Monza coming up that I think a lot of Interisi looked at the schedule and said, okay, things are softening up for us. We should be able to uh, to pick up maximum points here. Obviously, a poor performance in Genoa led to a draw there. And an equally poor performance today, even though we took home the three points, has some discussion amongst Interisti if we obviously play up, to, play up or down to our opponents, right? Um, when it's the tough games, we show up. When it's the easier games, for some reason, we just cannot put our best foot forward. So I'll start here with you, Johnny. Is today or these last two performances against what some consider to be sides that are going to be fighting for relegation this season, is it indicative of, A, a mentality that's carried over from previous seasons, uh, B, the start of a winter depression period which we've seen a lot from this inter team over the past years or simply a bump in the radar that we play down to teams and um we will perform better with this next part of our schedule coming up against the likes of monza fiorentina roma and juventus i'd say it's a combination of, of things you know when you look at um the typical winter depression. It doesn't matter who the manager it is. It could be Spalletti, Mancini, Conte, now, you know, Inzaghi. For whatever reason, January, except when they play on my birthday, undefeated on my birthday, but January is uh, is typically a rough time for them. That factor into that players have been missing. There's been rotation heavily. 
you don't have the consi- like early in the season it was easy to be consistent because the games were still being spread out you didn't have to worry about this many games being bunched up together in such a short manner of time i think that now when you're going through injuries you're going through the heavy rotations you're having to let guys who don't typically play have to play more um and you could see how inept they are i think it, it makes it also a little bit difficult and then factoring you know we get lautaro back Lautaro, Turam, they look like they're clicking. But then if you bring in anybody else, i.e. Arnatovich or Sanchez, the drop-off is massive. So, look, um, I'm hoping that this is just a blip and it doesn't become our typical winter depression. Um, And given the way we got the win, yes, it was ugly, but if you look in years past, this is a game we don't win. It ends nil or one one. I shouldn't say, it, but you know what I mean. I was gonna. I meant like a draw, or or even worse. You know, maybe they maybe they steal it at the end. You know, and and get all three points. So I think, although the the outcome was good, and everything that led up to it was not great. I think the mentality though that we saw from these guys, where even though they were, you know, down in the sense that things weren't. It was one one. Um, they still fought to get maximum points. Um, so I, I think we have to tip our hat to Inzaghi for at least instilling that level of, you know, what everybody would say, grinta into the team. So, Is there anything to be said for Interisti potentially, you know, starting to get the feeling of, of crisis mode because Juventus is right behind us and it's sort of taken away from the fact that it's been a hell of a season so far. We've suffered two defeats on the season. One, you know, in Serie A against Sassuolo and one that knocked us out of the Coppa Italia against Bologna. But outside of that, we've been incredibly good. And, you know, given our dominance in terms of the performances and the goal differential, it feels like we should be appreciating this team more. But because of the fact that Juventus is right behind us and they've been having an excellent season as well, it doesn't is it fair to feel like it's not, you know, the season isn't as spectacular as, you know, on paper, 48 points through the season so far? It's it's pretty immense. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to to think that the season hasn't been spectacular. You know, when you look at the way last season was, where at this point we already had six losses in the league and Napoli was already running away with it. And now we're, what, five points? Granted, we have a game in hand. Or, I'm sorry, Juve have a game in hand on us. So if they win tomorrow, it's two points again. But to have that lead, I think, is fantastic. To only have one loss in the league um, is fantastic. I think it's ridiculous. You know, I, I don't really care about the Coppa Italia. I'm more upset that we didn't just lose in regulation and we had to play the extra 30 minutes there. You know, I, I think we all, every Interisti knew um, Scudetto is the most important thing. Champions League, second. We already won Copas. We already won Super Copas. Nobody really cares about those. Yes, like they're nice to have, but the objective was the second star. So I was okay punting that. I'm okay punting. Bro, you could play all the Primavera kids and, and Aldero if you want against, you know, in the, in the Super Copa. So I, I just, I think that we need to. Yes, I have high expectations. I don't want to lose. I know you don't want to lose. I don't think any Interisti wants to lose the title. But I think we also have to appreciate what we've done this far. 
And yes, it's a rough stretch of games. Yes, there's been disappointing play on uh, from many players. You know, you you could say, um, you know, Barella's had had bad games. Dumfries has had bad games. You know, really outside of Sommer and Lautaro and Turam, you could point to everybody having stretches of games where they were not playing well. I mean. And to still be able to get maximum points, yes, I mean, it's been great that Lautaro's clicking the way he is, Duram's being able to feed off of him, and Sommer's been massive for us. I mean, I think those are two, you would say the striker position and the goalkeeper position are probably the two most key positions for a club. And for us to have them in such strong form right now, I think that that's been a testament too to, to our success so far. And if we can get the midfield, the wingbacks... I mean, the defenders, you know what, I, I will say Acherbi has been great. You know, really nobody except for Bastoni has has been poor. You know, you, you could say, talk about Bisek, you could talk about Pavard, you could talk about De Vrij. Um, Only Bastoni has really been a disappointment in some aspects. But I, I feel like we need to really just calm down a second, breathe, be happy we got the three points here, and not look at everything as doom and gloom. Yes, there's things that you could be concerned about. But I don't think that we can really just sit here and be like, oh, my gosh, Juve is going to steal this from us. We're, we're, we're so trash. We're this, we're that. Like, guys, let's. Yes, we do play down to our opponents, but in years past, we don't get the win here. Let's let's take it for what it is and move on. Yeah, it's I mean, it's definitely my least favorite part of the Inter discourse. Like, it's so anytime a performance is not, you know, perfectly crisp. It's just really, like you said, doom and gloom. And it's a weird mentality. Like, it's just a weird, how many people are so, how many interisti, right? Isn't isn't it crazy, though? We're either the best team in the world or the sky is falling and we need to just burn the bridges, sell everybody off, firing Zion. Like, yeah, it it just gets, we, we, where there's no middle ground with us. I know. I, I don't get why. I mean, whatever. Some people are just really quick to jump down this team's throats where you can look at stretches from all the top clubs in Europe and there's been worse stretches from Man City this season. There's been, you know, Bayern Munich has been destroyed in a couple of games. Barcelona has lost, you know, a couple of games like that have been very poor. So, yeah, I think... um, I think it's a little much. I, I think it's a little much. But last question on on the performance before I think you know we should get into the refereeing because it's ultimately going to take a bulk of of this episode. For you, what what was it that wasn't working today, and and why we didn't blow this team away like we should have? Um, for me, it was like I said earlier to kick off the episode. It's it's playing down to your opponents. It's like it's lacking the intensity that you would bring into a match against, you know, Juventus or Napoli or Milan um, and sort of taking it easy, like all of LS's chances, they came from just us not being as physical or as intense. But for you, what was it about the performance that was poor, I guess? For me, it was, it felt like there was lacks of creativity at large parts of the game. Um, especially coming from our wingbacks. It felt like that there was, I mean, Augusto and Dumfries. Last I remember, I, I believe Augusto was one for six. And I didn't look up Dumfries' stats, so I'll probably, you know, but I, but from what I remember seeing, I think he was at least 0 for 4 on his crosses, and maybe he hit one eventually. 
But when you're trying to feed your two beasts of strikers and you're not able to deliver them good crosses into the box or for even have an opportunity to, to create something, and even simple passes you're not able to complete. You know, I mean, Hakan was missing some passes. He had a ball cross field to Augusto that was completely misplayed. Um, Barella had a couple of passes that he just, I don't know where he was looking. I don't know what 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 the issue was. Um, but then he also had moments of brilliance with, with some of his passes too. So like, I know some people want to talk about him having a down year and they don't know what's going on with him. At least you get the moments of brilliance. You don't get that from a lot of other guys on, on this team. So, um, specifically the wingbacks. And yeah, I think that that's really what played into it. I think that if we would have gotten the second goal, that would have just broke Hellas and that would have been it. Um, and we were just kind of like, you remember as a kid when you're, you would be like just playing with your food and your parents would want you to stop and they just want you to finish a meal so you could either leave the restaurant or do whatever. That's what Inter were doing with the Hellas. They were just playing with their food, playing with them, not really just killing them off and being able to get out of there with the three points. In a, you know, We all thought that this would be an easy win, 4-0, 3-0, whatever. We made it harder on ourselves. Hellas didn't do anything, anything till Tomas Henry came on. Not a single thing. I had zero concern. Jurich had one header where he just, I mean, the guy's massive. He's, what, 6'12"? I mean, whatever. You know, I know that's not a real height. Relax, people. But it's it's insane. And he jumps up. I mean, Dumfries, listen, brother, man, like, you're not doing your people any service when you're letting a guy that that lanky outleap you. you know, I expect you to at least have a 52-inch vertical leap, you know? Like, Come on, man. Baron Davis hit for me or something. But uh, no, all kidding aside, like he had a one header in the first half. And then actually there was another shot that came at that summer had a massive save on that would have given the Hellas a one nil lead. Um, Where in Gonge ate up Bastoni. That was pretty, yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty tough to see. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, people talk about selling Barella in the summer. We could talk about Bastoni being gone. I would sell him. But anyway, um. Yeah, those are the only two instances that that, that really, until Henri scored his goal, that that, that they had. Um, and Sommer did the, the secure thing. He made a secure save on George's header, didn't give up a rebound, and he did make sure to, I think he got his knee or something or his leg, whatever, to get yeah. it out on the It was the like shot a, him, so. a hockey goalie save. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Um, but that's it. Like, we were just, we we allowed them to stay in it. It wasn't anything that they were really doing, so that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you nailed it, um, Augusto, or for five on crosses today. Dumfries, uh, one for four on uh, successful dribbles. Um, five duels won, five duels lost. You know, fifty percent okay. dual percentage, I mean, I'm, right? I'm, I'm so okay. that's I'm okay with that, but. Not great, uh, Augusto. Not great, but yeah, but, I'm, but I could live with that, you know. Augusto, twenty-three of thirty-four for a sixty-eight percent passing percentage. Just not, not good. Yikes! Um, yeah, that's that's not good. Not good. That was probably this is definitely Augusto's worst performance in an Inter shirt, Easy. and I I agree with you that you know this is a system that does rely on its wing backs to create for the strikers, and today that was virtually non-existent. Um, all right, let's get into some of these uh, some of these refereeing decisions. There's like three or four that we can really dive into. Um, 
And I guess the first one we'll talk about, the first moment of controversy was Arnatovic comes on and almost immediately a ball is played into him. He's got his back to to goal, um, doesn't possess the ball, and is potentially fouled in um, in the buildup. Watching it live, I did not think there was enough for a foul. I thought Arnatovic kind of could have muscled off the challenge. Um, looking at the replay, slowing things down, it does look like a lot of contact, and it does look like obstruction. This was directly in the buildup to Hellas's goal. For you, foul or no foul? See, I was, I was the reverse of you. In real time, I thought it was a foul. Like, I thought there was enough contact right away. I don't know how you don't stop, blow the whistle there, whatever. When you slow it down, everything looks worse, but it also looks like, I, I don't know, it's tough for me to explain, but it, like I, I, the more I saw it, the more I was like, mm, yeah, like I agreed with you. Like, I think he could have muscled them off. He could have at least stayed upright, you know, even if he just kicked it out of bounds or, or just whatever. I thought he, he could have, you know, maybe gotten away with it. Um, or, I'm sorry, gotten rid of the ball and not gotten away with it, you know, and not and not had that instant occur. So I still think it's a foul. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how, like, it's not as egregious as the foul Giroud had on Sanchez, but to me, that's, that's still a foul. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I could also see why you didn't call it. I can. But, I mean, to me, you, you, it is a foul. Yeah, we can... Um... You know, there's going to be calls that go one way or the other. I think if it was if it was the other way around, I would say it was a pretty soft foul. I can see how it is a foul. For this one, it's sort of it can go either way for me, and I'm not I'm not you know too upset about it one way or the other. Yeah, I'd agree. Staying with you. staying on Arnatovic, there were two actions that I think need to be spoken about. The first is on. Whose ball across the area was it? It was uh, DiMarco on a free kick um, that puts it on goal that it looks like the ball is heading into the net and it hits Arnatovic and, um, you know, he essentially stops the ball on the line from going in. Everyone was freaking out about this and I understand it. You know, Arnatovic is, uh, is a bum and, you know, how could this happen? Watching it back, Looking at the positioning of his body, I didn't really know what he could have done there to get out of the way. You know, maybe you can criticize his positioning and he should have maybe held up his his run and not been like in the goal when that ball was coming across. But he was and with the ball coming at him like that, I just don't know what he could have done with his body to not like he was he if the ball it was in the path. Like he was in the path. There was no way there nowhere for him to go. Was that an egregious, like, off-the-ball, um, off-the-line kind of how-can-you-do-that-Arnatovich or just looking at it and having played the game yourself? Like, do you have any sort of sympathy with what could he have done there? I think people are failing to remember that Montipo gets his hand on it. Like, if he doesn't yeah. save that, it goes in the net, and Arnatovich has no effect on it at all. So people are, like, blaming, like, thinking, like, he blocked the shot. No, he was just... Unfortunately, in the area where it gets pushed out to on the save. 
You know, like having played, like, 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 I've been in those instances. Like, yeah, like, do you wish you could have? In my mind, I was like, oh man, if only he had opened up and then like flung his hips in and like was able to like you know redirect it into the net. But like, okay, that's easy to say when you're sitting at home in the instant when the ball's flying in. Like, look at how venomous that shot was, and then how Montibo just gets a fingertip enough to push it around, and it just happens. Like, if you look at where it hits him, it's almost like a little behind him, like. There's no way he could have gotten that. And that's one of the only instances where I will actually defend um, Arnautovic for today. That and the pass that people were like upset about that, that Hakan played into the him. Hakan, yep. That ball was hit so hard. I'm sorry. Not Turam, not Mbappe. Nobody is catching up to that ball, especially if they're flat-footed. And people are like, oh, you got you to gotta be running shoulder to shoulder. If he's running shoulder to shoulder, if you notice, the defender also stops. So if he was running shoulder to shoulder, chances are he's offside, and then you're mad at him for being offside. So like this guy would have done. There, there was nothing he could have done in that instance, unless the ball was played by Hakan right to his feet, where you would have been okay. And then if he turned the ball over or whatever, or 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 misplayed it or or shot it fifty feet into the air, then I would have been like, okay, yes, he, he's a bum. But like, I just seeing like people complain about that. It's like my gosh, you've clearly never played yeah and it, it just it's drives just... me insane like there was a lot of other things that he did that i was like laughing at because it was embarrassing and i'm like my goodness you are a waste of 10 million euros i still think that like as a fourth option and like i always said like i was saying in the summer when we were talking about it three four million i would have been okay with but 10 million yeah. this guy's never gonna live up to the expectations that price tag is gonna haunt him and it's too much pressure for a guy who was never really that big of a world beater anyway to come into Inter and then be expected to perform as a third striker but yeah it's looking more and more like a panic buy as the days go on Um, what you can criticize him for is the Acerbi ball over the top um, that goes to the back post he lifts it over Monty ball (laughs) that it's hard to understand how that could happen because as it, even if you think Arnautovic is a bum, that's not an opportunity that any striker is making that egregious. Just a complete and total misread to the point where, for me, I can't like look at that and say Arnautovic is not a good enough striker to play that ball. He is a good enough striker to play that ball. For me, what I'm looking at is a player who is so in his own head so hesitant because he completely whiffed on it like it's not it wasn't difficult it's something that you know you or i could have could have put it away like it was very much a player who has the ability to take advantage of a chance like that but is so in his head and i think that like you said the expectation is sort of getting to him a little bit and he's um the body language is not right and so if you're gonna kill Arnautovic, it's it's that it's that play that you can kill him on more so than you know even stopping the ball from going in on uh, the De Marco free kick. Yeah, no, that was the most pathetic attempt I've seen of a header. Uh, I think Lukaku did one like that too, and I think Lukaku's was worse. But regardless, like that, I could not stop laughing, especially like given the instance. <laughs> it's one one. Yeah. That that gives us the lead. It's like, buddy, like I get the defender is trying to box you out and keep you from getting it, but you're Marco Arnautovic. You're taller. You're stronger. Yeah. You should have been able to 
easily clear him and redirect it right in. Like, there's no excuse as to that. And that effort was pathetic. Like, yeah. I, I, listen, I'm pumped for Tejan Buchanan. Like, I, I, I think that there's, there's a player there who's a little raw, but that seven to eight million we couldn't have used for a striker. Like, there was no, nothing we could have tried to do, even alone. Like what? Like what is 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 Spurs buying Timo Werner or are they loaning him? Loan. Like I mean, listen, he's not my favorite. He's not someone I'm like, oh, Timo. Like, but his pace would have been much better than what we got from these two geriatrics. The finishing not there, but you know what? I feel like he could have been a second Taram to Lautaro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who? And he can't. He can't. He can't score. Like I mean, we, we've seen him. We, he has been. He has it in him. He has the ability. He has been able to score 25-plus goals in a league. I granted people can look at that and be like, oh, it's the Bundesliga. Well, we got to run from there, so relax. But regardless, like, I, I mean, not saying I don't want Buchanan. That's not what I'm saying. I am excited for him. But my goodness, do we need a striker. Bad. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I'm also, I'm not entirely sure that we won't get one. Um I think I tweeted Yo, this out. I mean, Hellas is doing a fire sale. I'll take on, on Thomas Henry. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. The guy yeah, scores. It, it does feel like it's... I think the only thing is like you kind of, at this point, it's less about depth and is more about like quality of depth. But, you know, I tweeted I tweeted out today, like, you know, asking Interisi who their favorite off the bench striker was that, you know, they can remember and a lot of good responses like Julio Cruz and... Crespo and Recoba come in and like obviously I mean, that's not going to be an opportunity that we can get on the market but I also am not totally convinced I you know having watched this management move in the market they say a lot that doesn't necessarily play out um you know that way right they sort of try to play the market through the media and yeah, I wouldn't completely rule out another striker coming into January. But regardless, let's go ahead and talk about what is likely going to be the most controversial controversial um, uh, call to discuss about this game. The 2-1 from Fratesi in the 93rd minute. A corner comes in. Hold on, you're a UFC fan. Can you give me one, it's time? <laughs> it's... Time. Perfect. There we go. Now I'm ready that's to for, talk about this UFC elbow. That's for on. you, Bonetti. That's for you. That's for you, All Mateo. Right. Yeah. So he, here's here's how things play out. There are a couple of angles of this thing that one looks really bad in real time, and it does look like an elbow to the face in real time, like when you're watching it at a certain speed. Um, the specific camera angle makes it look a lot worse, makes the contact that Bastoni had look a lot worse. And then there are other angles circulating, mostly from shots from the fans uh, behind the goal that show a much clearer picture of what had happened. Um, first of all, on the corner, when the corner is driven in, Duda is very much roughing it up with Bastoni. Very much roughing it up with Bastoni. Very much, you know, not a, a, a thing that, you know, some is going to get called sometimes. Um, but regardless... He, he two-hand shoves him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very much doing non-football type contact. But regardless, 
as they start to break away because the corner is is cleared by Verona, Bastoni, when he's separating from Duda, because Duda again is is in his face, he drives his shoulder, shoulder shoulder separation into Duda to continue to make his move out the box. Again, some camera angles make it look like it was uh let's say like Bonetti said, a UFC KO to the face elbow. The reality is, is that there's no elbow involved. There's no contact from Bastoni with his elbow to the face of Duda. There's no contact from Bastoni's elbow to the sternum of Duda. None of that occurs. Bastoni separates with his shoulder. And as the separation occurs, his elbow does rise up, but it doesn't make contact with Duda. The shoulder to shoulder is also not enough for a guy that has been roughing it up with Bastoni in the box to throw himself on the ground like that and continue to roll out during the action. The action continues, you know, Barilla or Darmian, one of the two. Can you hear me? Hello? I don't know where your volume went. Oh. Can you hear me now? Unless I have my headphones. Let's see here. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. I don't know. You got me? It must have been my headphones. No, no worries. Um, Barella or, or Darmian, I'm forgetting right now, drives the ball across the box. Montipo does make a little bit of a... a not. A, I wouldn't rise it to the level of a howler, but he spills it into the on, oncoming path of Fratesi, who puts it away. Um, it was Barella, by the me, way. It was Barella. Okay. For me, not a foul. Not a foul whatsoever. Shoulder to shoulder contact. This is a contact sport. We have to allow for some sort of contact without, especially in a a crucial part of the match, in a match that is is so important. We're dealing with a team that is fighting for the title. You can't just call you can't just call you know shoulder to shoulder contact because one player decides to make a meal out of it. For you, where does this call end up? Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? To me, it's not a foul. I'm sorry. Like Tim, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, it's shoulder to shoulder. Um, I mean, listen, we, we even have you and Dini agreeing with us that it's not a foul. That should tell you all you need to know. A typical fan base that's going to disagree with everything that goes on with Inter is going to say the same thing. If if let's say let's say the the roles were reversed, I would not be crying for a penalty. I promise you. I promise you, if Bastoni threw himself to the ground like that and Duda dropped his shoulder into him and went shoulder to shoulder, I'd be like, he pissed get up. at Bastoni. I'd be like, get yeah. up. And the worst part was Duda stayed on the ground for a little bit. Like, like buddy, your team needs you. You're, it's in your 18. Get up. Get up. Get up. Please. Because even if you get up, right, and, and let's say, you know, they still they still went and looked at it. So, I mean, I just, it's not, I don't know, it's not a penalty. I mean, it's not a foul. It's not a foul. It's, this also set off what I think is like the worst part of cultural Twitter now is that everything is a robbery. Every team is, you know, are thieves, ladri. Every team is corrupt. This is the Marotta League. Like, there's no nuance to it anymore. And it's especially ridiculous coming from fan bases that like are <laughs> have cheated 
Like you're like, you know, it's don't throw stones from a glass house, I guess is essentially what I'm saying. And the more images that come out, I think, you know, I'm not going to call out specific names, but there were people calling for, you know, Calcio Twitter, people calling for a red card for Bastoni. How is that not a red card from Bastoni? And then, and getting into arguments on Twitter and then afterwards, you know, tweeting in other threads, essentially saying, uh, you know, it's not a red card, uh, but it's still a foul, stuff like that, like changing their minds, the more images that come out from it, the the more it seems like, for me at least, Duda made a meal out of it and um, it's not a foul. And you have to, like it is a contact sport, you have to consider shoulder to shoulder. Like I said, it's tiring this discourse around favoritism by referees, around robberies and stuff like that and it's tiring because like it's uh, like has Inter been on the opposite end of that like uh, there have been egregious egregious mistakes refereeing mistakes that have that have cost Inter points egregious refereeing mistakes and there's also been very egregious mistakes for you know the certain fan bases that we're talking about Juventus and Milan where they've gotten away with stuff Yet apparently it's the Marotta League. And I have a question for you, Johnny. How is it possible for it to be Marotta League if they allow that goal to stand, but then four minutes after the allotted five minutes of extra time, a penalty is called against Inter that gives Verona the chance to tie the game? How, wh- how is that Marotta League? Easily. Easy, I can answer that. So Marotta worried... About not about you know it looking like Marotta League that he actually paid the refs again to call a penalty and that way it looks you know nice nice he also phoned in real quick to Thomas Henry's wife to say hey listen if your husband misses this penalty you know here's an extra million euros for you which she called him on his blue I don't know if you noticed he had his his AirPods in right. And was able to get the message in time before he took the penalty. So everything worked out in the end for us because Marotta runs this league. Which it's all incredible yeah. too because we can't afford to buy players. But we're able to run the league and pay the refs like like all these, you know, Juventini are saying. Which is hilarious. It's hilarious that, where, I'm sorry, where did, where did we hire Pepe Marotta from? Try I out. believe... I believe it was Juventus. I believe it was was Juventus. Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And were they saying these things when he was at Juve? And if I remember correctly, Marotta was brought in post Calciopoli. And then, you know, they're clean, right? I mean, listen, we didn't like that they were winning nine in a row. But for the most part... No shady dealings with Marota in, in in actually I don't actually to be honest I don't think there was any shady dealings with Marota at the helm as much as I would like there to have been. He leaves, comes to Inter, Paratici starts it up again. Not only that, he has the evidence like an idiot on the phone, and then they get in trouble again. But you see nothing during Marota's era there. But now that he's at Inter. Okay, now it's Marotta League and he's he's corrupt. And the team that can barely pay its own players, according to so many, you know, that we can't afford. And we, I mean, we can't afford to buy players, but we have no problem paying our own. Now, all of a sudden, we're able to afford to pay off the refs? Hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah, a, 
you know, again, a, a Verona team that is their owner is bankrupt and they legitimately have to sell off all their players definitely could not use points on their way to trying to stay alive in Serie A, which may ultimately end up saving the club. They're willing to, you know, you know, throw away these points that they could have gotten. It's also ridiculous. It's it's just um, I don't know. I think Interisti, like the advice I would give to you and I need to take it myself is you know, it's fun to troll around and it's fun to get involved with these these people, but it's also just it's sort of exhausting. Um this Marotta League stuff. It's the favoritism is what I think is the the funniest part. Like Inter is the club that is favorited by the media or anyone in the league. Like Inter is the the international club in Italy. Like in, in Italy the Italians like they prefer Juve and Milan. It's always been like that. Like we've it's always been Inter against the world. It's always been Inter against, you know, the the Italian media especially. The Italian media finds every reason to criticize this team and, you know, certain people are talking about, "Oh, this won't be talked about in the media." I mean, it's every single thing that happens with the, every point that's dropped by Inter is criticized in the media. And it, it's just um it's a weird it's a weird narrative but also i guess that's what you have to say to to bring down inter because no one wants this to happen and it is what it is or to bring down inter in the media i think the fan should you know stay strong and and you know let this uh this crap roll off their backs let's get into the penalty that was called against inter um darmian makes contact with Henri's foot without question Darmian makes contact with Henri's foot without question. What doesn't make sense is that the contact does not take Henri out. Henri puts his foot down on the ground, looks to be completely and totally stable, and then begins to fall backwards. Both his feet start going in the air. Just um, from a physics standpoint, doesn't make sense that Darmian's contact on his foot could have been the reason that he fell over like that. Regardless, Fabri goes over to the VAR, looks at all of that, and says that it's a penalty against Inter. For me, never a penalty. Never a penalty. And if any of the other fan bases that happened to them, they'd be screaming the same thing. So, never a penalty for me. What did you think of of that action? Again, I'm not denying that Darmian made contact. I am denying that that contact led to Henri falling over. He literally put his foot down continued to stand up, and then fell over. This is the same thing that happened with uh, Alexandro and and uh, Dumfries when we played Juve. The same type of contact, on, like boot underneath his underneath the other player's boot. They both go down easily and are like screaming bloody murder. Penalties called. It's That wasn't a penalty then. This isn't a penalty now. You know, listen, and people want to say like, oh, you know, look, look at, look out of Inter. You know, you guys get soft penalties called for you too. You know, like they, they bring up the Jekyll penalty. They bring up the uh, Lauti against Lecce penalty. Like, I will say, I, I mean, I, listen, I, the Jekyll one to me, a little soft. Yeah, I, I agree. Same thing. There is contact. I think he goes down easily. He is a big forward. He probably could have stayed up, but. I, I could be unbiased. You like Juve fans cannot can they struggle to, to see outside of their lens. Same thing with Milanista. It it drives me insane that they, they're gonna you know scream that this is a penalty. Like 
And all right, and now he got the penalty. And then he missed. And then they were trying to talk about Sommer coming off his line. It's the next incident, yeah. Yeah, and, and then they were trying to say, oh, but how, how do they not retake it? It had no bearing. He missed the net. He missed the goal completely. Like, if if he makes the save, then you retake it. But right. he didn't make the save. It's just the rules. Yeah. It's the rules of the game. Yes, like, I mean, lear- learn the rules before you talk, please. Like, just beyond dumb. Beyond dumb. It, it drives me insane, the things that they, they, these other teams can get away with. And, and they'll never, like, I love bringing up the, the, the penalty against um, Bologna. They don't talk about that. They don't, they, 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 they don't, they don't rebuttal that. They say he went down, uh, Dan and Doy went down too easily. The handball by Sandro against Hellas Verona, no call there. They, they, you know, they, they, don't, they don't bring up, they don't see any of the faults in their own eyes, but they, they, they can only see everything that Inter do. Marotta League, Marotta right. League, Marotta League. Guys, like you, like if any Juve fans listen to this, explain to me how you are, are not getting any favoritism. That, that only Inter is getting favoritism here. Please explain it to me. Yeah. It is. Uh, it like, is like, like if, if you look at it objectively, all these clubs, Inter, Milan, Juve, you could say, you could say, well, Napoli came out and said that they did, they, they won the pure Scudetto. They didn't, they didn't have any contract. It's because you had such a big lead that, that you didn't have to worry about anything. You could have got a, I, yeah. I don't even remember anything because I wasn't even paying attention at that point. The league rolled over. Yeah, like, and, and and you know what? You had to have all other contenders play absolutely terrible just so you go win your first title in 33 years. Enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it because now this this is your level. What you're doing right now is your level. Anyway, all teams can get calls in their favor. Of like And the, they do. Yes. The 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 thing that needs to be acknowledged is like they do. Like all teams get calls in their favor yes. and even like looking at each specific incident while like you can walk away and say, okay, incidents went Inter's way, not all of them, but inc- incidents went Inter's way. If you isolate each of the specific controversies, like it's not that controversial. It's not that controversial. And there's just, it's, there's just so much whining. Um, and it's really annoying. And like, listen, I, I like I'm, I whined about the Rabio handball last year for a good amount of time. The Rabiot one I, or, the, or the Vlaovic one? The Vlaovic, sorry. No, because it, no, it was both. They both no, had No, it was hand, both. It was they both, both had right, handballs on both. the same play. Yeah, so, like, and I felt like I had a leg to stand on. So if you guys feel like you have a leg to stand on, you know, whatever it is, go ahead and bitch away. But uh, it's just to say that Inter is running away with the league, which, A, we're not, number one, and B, like other teams are are getting calls too. Like it's not, it, no, it's not no, a scudetto it's, it's that's only, being handed. It's only not Inter it, getting the calls. Comments, comments like, uh, oh, the, they already decided the league. But, I mean, it's just so crazy. But I digress. Like I, I, like I said at the beginning of the pod, I didn't want this to go off the rails. But it's just one of those things where, like, you know, we're getting attacked. So oh, let's go off. We're the rails. within our right to 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 shoot back. And also, you know. There's talk about um, why isn't 
they're more defense of Inter from the management and why isn't Maroto coming back and coming out swinging? It's just not something that we expect from him at that point. But I do sympathize with those Interisti because you have it's because we're Verona's. run like a business. We're run like a like an actual yeah. business. Like how many when 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 corporations right when they when they do whatever they they have. Shady dealings going. Oh, I shouldn't say shady dealings. That's not the word I'm trying to think. When corporations have whatever scandals or stuff or things that come out about it, do they automatically address it? Not every time. Yeah, most company most don't companies don't. Of, yeah, they say like, it's like an internal thing, yeah, and like they I'll deal be honest, with it like, that I way. Was at, I was at a big tech startup here in this in the states. We had, I think, five thousand of us got laid off in one day through a Zoom, like a pre-recorded Zoom video that was sent <laughs> that was sent to us. Not a peep, not a peep from the company after that. There were so many people ripping them in the Washington Post, the New York Times. Not a peep. Yeah. Inter it's almost like, by why would you, yeah. like, why would you by lend Suning. credence? Sorry. No, I was going to say, it's like, why would you, it's almost a mentality of why would you even lend credence to the idea that there is this Marata League by even commenting on it? Like, just letting them sort of, you know, talk about it and we keep doing our thing. Yeah, like, I mean, Suning owns Inter. Ever since Suning took over, they've wanted to run it a little bit more stable, a little bit more like a corporation, not like how, you know, Marathi was running it. And this is it. You're not going to get hot-headed remarks you're not going to get you know things off the cuff they're just going to be very level-headed and just continue to soldier on and, and run it as business as usual yeah and also like the sporting director for verona comes out and says how is this possible in the var room you know yada yada but they don't make any statements like that after they were denied a penalty against you know they did tweet a picture but there was no statements from the management um of the club which is just it's interesting but anyway let's go ahead and um and move on here um all right so performances from this uh this team today let's let's run through some of these guys so somer makes the saves that he was responsible to make hard to do anything on the on goal um dives the wrong way on the penalty but again it it goes off the post and that's um, an expected goal of 0.8 on penalties, so you don't really expect the goalkeeper to make a save there anyway. But some might say he did right. Some might say he, some might say he, he did the right thing and put him off. Um, all right, defensively, Bastoni, I you know don't like what Ugon did to him. The man yeah. was cooked. Let, let's call it what it is. The guy is. Uh, I'm, I'm. He's on fraud watch. Not even on watch. He, uh, I'm starting to think he is a fraud. And the fact <laughs> we didn't cash in like sixty million on him. Like, imagine if we sold him instead of Hakimi. He is the oh. he is the defensive liability in the team at the moment. Yeah, had a, a brilliant volley that went off the crossbar during um you know Inter's moving Inter's uh was it the second goal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. A nice volley off the crossbar, but again, it's never the conversation has never been any doubt about what he brings to the the team when the ball's at his feet. It's about what he looks like when players are running at him, and it it doesn't it hasn't looked right for a little bit of time. 
Um, Acerbi, I thought, was not very strong in the duels today and was not very um, influential or steady. It looks like he's in desperate need of, of some rest. And uh, I think it's time to get De Vrij warmed up and, and in there. Um, Acerbi's an older player. Like I think he's 35 or 36 30, or 34. 35 going to be 36. Yeah. So... I mean, it's time. Like, it's time. Before there's a dip in form that hurts Inter, like, I know that I just came back from injury, but it's time to, to get him in there. Um, any any comments on Acerbi's performance outside of that? No, I mean, I, I would just echo the same sentiment. And, you know, I think that there was uh, some instances where he played some dangerous balls that I could think could have led to opportunities for Hellas, but... I don't know if that's fatigue. I don't know what that is all about, to be honest. But it, it is pretty disappointing of a player who has probably been arguably our best defender to to have that such of a steep drop off in 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 performances like that in this game in particular. So yeah, tough uh, tough one to watch for sure. Pavard, no notes. Stellar performance, yeah. defensively perfect, ninety eight percent. Uh, passing uh, percentage, forty-two out of forty-three. I mean, that's that's a lot of that's very involved in mm-hmm. the in the uh, possession, and he was essentially perfect, four for four on long balls. I mean, really, Pause. really, yeah, <laughs> really, really good. Seven defensive actions, two recoveries, two interceptions, two clearance, two three clearances, like just really, really good. Obviously not the threat that Bisek is going forward, but he's a rock and a veteran and perfect and um, very happy to have him back in the side here. 83 minutes for him today. I thought Pavard was, uh, was excellent. We yeah. talked about the wingbacks. Um, DiMarco came on in, in place of uh, Augusto, looked, looked fine. There wasn't you know he played a, da- a couple dangerous balls into the box, um, but not much to write home for me about that. Dumfries obviously is still Bum. nursing whatever he's nursing. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no excuses. Bum. Don't get started. Don't get started. <laughs> um, yeah, Dumfries obviously nursing whatever he's nerf- nursing. He had to come off in the sixty-first minute, uh, and he Damian was suffering came from shiropoitis. Uh, he's really uh... oh, the shirop. He's a little, little worried about the Canadays. The Canadays. He's uh, he's not a fan of pancakes. More, more Stroop waffle guy. Um, he's a, he's a Belgian waffle. Oh, actually, I guess that's not Dutch. That was stupid. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We are recording this at ten thirty at night, people. So. Yeah, and I just worked and like it was a twelve a, hour shift. So yeah, my brains. And and it was a six thirty a.m. game. So yeah. So I woke day. up. Watched the game, went straight to work, and then came. Uh, yeah, I'm beat. Long ass day. Darmian, nothing, nothing good he from just, him. Today, I feel like he's I getting thought. worse though going forward. He doesn't offer anything in attack anymore. Um, whereas I don't, I, I don't think he's as willing to get forward anymore. I think it's it was too much like time you, spent like at right center it. back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was too much time spent at right center back that it's conditioned him to not be as aggressive moving up the pitch. And that's what it looks like to me. All right, fair. I, I could agree with that. 
maybe Tejan changes things in that respect. The midfield, um, you brought it up earlier today. There were moments of like real brilliance from Barella. There was one cross field switch on the volley to Augusto that was fucking perfect. So ridiculous of a pass. But you know what? Everybody likes to highlight his uh, his poor things. So, and then if I if I defend can't, him, I'm I'm just a uh, I'm just biased. And his, you know, you can't slice a ball any perfectly than he did on that. Um, he got the whole midfield. Actually, no, Chalanoglu and Barella both got 90 minutes today. Hakan looked a little bit off the pace, and he has looked off the pace the past few games. Um, the numbers don't quite say that but the creation from him was a little off he also had an opportunity created from him from Lautaro that it was a it's a difficult opportunity for anybody else in the world but you kind of figure that Hakan would have least put it on net there yeah um and not sliced it wide I think he might be a little feeling it feeling the fatigue a little bit as well time to um, get time to get Morten Hulmund from uh sporting you think Hulmund has got the uh, the Aslani Ranger, huh? out, Hulmund wow. in. Wow. Interesting call there. Interesting yep. call. Things that will um, never happen for 500. No, absolutely not. That would take a significant investment. Yeah. Um, Henrik Mikitarium, what did you think of him today? Uh, a good a good performance. You know, I, I could be yes. overly critical of him, um, but I think he was probably the most consistent and probably the best of the the, the three today um obviously the assist to to lautaro was perfectly timed perfectly weighted uh yeah you i mean i I, honestly especially since he was being pulled back i thought he would go down Um, i'm glad he stayed up pushed through and and played that perfect pass um because who knows what would have happened in that situation you know i mean we we see how hakan takes free kicks i don't consider him a threat anymore because of how he just always hits the man in the wall lately. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, great, great performance from Mkhitaryan. Um, maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe that 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 new paycheck uh, was a bit of a boost for him going into this one, and he was like, "All right, I gotta show the boys why why I earned the big bucks now." So, hats off to him. For, yeah, he, for a good one. He had an interview that came out this week where he was praising Fratesi as well. Um, you know, giving sort of confidence to him that he is going to come good and saying that, you know, in training, he has the quality. I think Mkhitaryan's game can be summed up by saying, you know, we talked about the wing backs not combining with the forwards. Hakan and Barella weren't particularly effective at combining with the forwards. The one player that you can say did well in that respect was Mkhitaryan today, which ultimately, you know, helped lead to Lautaro's goal. Um, Fratesi comes in, he gets the winner. Um, Right place, right time. Loses who, his mind took, on that who celebration. Took shot? Who took the, the shot original shot? Barella. Yeah. I mean, if Barella doesn't take that shot, I'm just saying. And to get it through that wall of players to and get to it through that it wall low, of players on target in such a perfectly force the keeper like, down. Yep. I mean. But also great read by Fratesi. Good job staying on side too. When you look at the replay, like that was really key as well. Um, and he's got he's got that, that that instinct in the box. He is a good finisher. That's never been a thing I questioned about him. Never been a concern of mine with his. Um, and this is why I've suggested him be the third striker and not somebody else because he just 
he's got a good read for that. I think that, I mean, I understand, you know, you you need to rotate the midfield. You need to rest guys and, and give him an opportunity there and stuff. I just, I think that maybe in the future, not right now, but maybe in the future, that's, that's uh, his best position. I am on board with, with this. Um, I'm on board with him being the runner that plays off the striker and, and stays a little bit more advanced because he's not combining in our, you know, possession moves to, to open up space and to, to get opportunities that way. Uh, but he is, he is a goal threat, um, scores against Milan, takes off his shirt, absolutely ripped, looks like a truck today. The shirt stays on, but the shorts come down. This is the, the ass cheek game for Fratesi. Fratasi. 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 <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. And then obviously the passion on the goal was pretty incredible. And a lot's been said. I, I know um, you've been more critical of him than I have, but not without, not out of reason, I think. Um, anything change as far as how you're feeling about him? Like how you're just feeling about what he can do for us, the hand that he can give us down the stretch. I mean, if he's going to be putting in goals, that's kind of like just what I expect from him because that's that's that is his strength. I, I look. I said it. I said it in the last episode. I'll say it again. I don't want to see him fail. I, I don't. I don't root against him. I don't get angry when he comes on. I, I hope he comes good. I want to see him develop. A lot more of his his passing skills, a lot more of his technical ability. You know, it's great that he has the 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 passion for the club. He loves the shirt clearly already. He has a motor for days. Um, and like and we and we see he's got that like almost like a people inzaghi type of you know ability to like smell the goal. Like he just it, it finds him. He doesn't find it. It it, it the ball finds him. And it's 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 amazing, and obviously, look, I'm glad he was able to get that winner, and and the just the energy he had, you know, after he put that in, fantastic. But I, I want to see more. You're, if you're going to play midfield, there has to be more layers added to your game, or else I'm just gonna, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I, I just don't see what what other people see in him. I, I don't get too excited, but I am more than happy to be proven wrong. Like I, I don't mind like, you know, people get, you know, say, like, Oh, what a trash take. Look, look what the players become. That's fine with me. I, I want that. I'd rather players we buy make me look like an idiot than prove me right. I, I can't, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm, you know, a little bit more, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think I'm actually more hopeful than you are. I think you're just as hopeful. I, um, I don't disagree with you. We do need to see more from Fratezi and hopefully this is something that can help kick it off. And hopefully the ineffectiveness of Sanchez and um, Arnatovic does prompt Inzaghi to try a different role for Fratezi as a supporting striker and, and see if um, we can take advantage of his, his nose for goal. What did you think of Turam today? Turam today. <laughs> this guy's just a complete forward. I mean, 
his ability to to hold the ball, his ability to outmuscle defenders, but then also his ability to have this pace that's blistering and the vision to to try, you know, flicks, his passing. I mean, he's unbelievable. That flick that he had, that I wouldn't say it was the back First heel, half. But, but it was like, yeah, it yeah. was like like bottom of the cleat. He kind of side just, of the foot, yeah, or maybe the side of the foot. Yeah, I don't, uh, um, it deserves somebody to be on the end of it because it was so perfect. Like, and to have the the thoughts or, the, or that thought process just shows how he sees the game. I mean, he is such a a smart player, and he's a team first player too, which I love. You know, I love forwards who, um have the ability to score on themselves that they don't need to pass every time, but they're thinking if somebody else is in a better position or somebody else can make a, you know, a goal of this to, to, to go with that. Um, I love, I love Marcus Durham. I love him. And I, I tweeted it or maybe I said it in the group chat, but either way I might've said it in the group chat. If we have him for the Europa league final and last year's champions league final, we've got two European trophies in our, in our cabinet. I will stand I can't by that. I, with you. I will die on that hill. That Marcus Tehran would have helped us win both those trophies. I can't disagree with you. I can't disagree with you. He obviously gets pulled in the seventy third for Arnautovic. Um, yeah, I, was I don't. Yeah, I don't know why that sub was made in that moment. Especially what you, considering, what, what would you give Arnautovic out of ten today? It's obviously you know. <sighs> It, like a two or a one, something. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say two. Low. I was gonna say he gets a two. Yeah, it was he that. Just, he was. But then, but then I look at yeah. Sanchez, and Sanchez gets like a point five. Just not I, involved. I don't I, even think he did a thing. Comes on in the eighty third and touches five balls, um, three for four on passes. Um. Well, not that it would have mattered. It wouldn't have counted anyway because they they called the penalty, but. When Barella has that ball and he's running with him, and Barella's shooing him to get wider, like yeah. he was literally waving him, like hold the defender, yeah, yeah, like go, go, and he doesn't really move; he stays in his pocket. I was one. I'm mad at I'm mad at Sanchez for that, but then I'm also mad at Barella. Like, buddy, like, are you are you trying to help him, or is your confidence right now that shot that you couldn't pass no, that ball to the help net? Him. He's trying to help him. And even Inzaghi said so, that Barella was trying to get Nino on the score sheet. He's trying to help him. But to your point, it's a two-on... It's not even a two-on-one. It's, it's, it's a, a two-on-one two trailing. Yeah, yeah it's a two-on trailing no one. Goalie's gone. All you... Like, literally, you did not have... I mean, regardless, like we, we were just talking about this for, the, for no reason other than just talking about it. Because, again, if he scores or if Sanchez scores, it gets reversed anyway for the penalty. But yeah, yeah, and he uh, he should have been pulling wide so that he pull he gives Barella even more space. Yeah, from but the not, I mean, like, it's not, the guy's running, the defender's running at full speed. He has to make a decision to trail like, yo, with Alexis or to go wide, towards Barella. You idiot! Yeah. Like you just stay in his pocket, bro. Like that drove me insane. If I'm Barella, like it's funny people want to talk about his tantrums. I would have had a tantrum right there with him. Yeah, like are you? Do you not hear me? I know you speak Italian by now, Alexis. Like, so whatever he yelled at you, and we saw the visual of him just like telling him to get wide. I, I am done with the Alexis Sanchez experiment. I didn't like it. 
two years ago. I didn't like it when he wouldn't leave and cost us Dybala. And I like it even less now, even though, even though we got him on a free because he is useless. Just absolutely useless. I feel like we can throw a dart at some fishing village in Sicily and find a striker who will be more useful than, than Alexis Sanchez. Shout out, shout out Catania and shout out um, Brucoli. Brucoli. Shout out Messina. Where the, fam- where the shout fans out from. All right. Let's, let's be done with the performances that we hated today and let's get to the man of the match. A tremendous tremendous performance from a player who was out with injury and puts in a hundred minutes today a captain of the highest order Lautaro Martinez you were terrific today a terrific finish a terrific run for the goal terrific captaining on um Verona's late uh free kick where he himself pushed the line up um, and got everybody into position. They were way too deep for that free kick. It would have been way more dangerous. Just so aware with his mentality. Uh, terrific. Like he he did a sombrero over one of the defenders. He did a you know his a pullback. So got away stupid. from his man. Perfectly played a ball into. But I like he was so 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 good today. So good today. And we really need to appreciate this guy. And when that contract renewal gets done that's a day of fucking celebration for Interisti because I think if that Altaro contract Martinez, renewal gets done it's that's his career like he I think he is like I think that'll just if he doesn't get sold next summer him and Barella I think if they're both still here next summer they're I think they're Interisti for life we don't get a point from today with that. We lose this game without Lautaro. If it was Arnautovic Turam, we don't get, a, we we don't get anything. We lose we don't get anything without, this game. without them. Yeah. 100%. Lautaro is unbelievable. Like, I was talking about it with my dad today because um, he called me right after the game and we were talking about, you know, he was saying, like, I've, in, in my lifetime, I've only seen five, but realistically, four. Inter captains. Like I was too young to remember Bergomi as as a captain. Same. Zanetti is Zanetti. You can't touch him. I'm sorry. But then, you know, I was joking. I was like, but then after that, it's Lautaro is the best captain I've seen. Now you could laugh and be like, well, yeah, the other options are Ranocchia and, and Icardi. But look at the impact and Lautaro has had. Oh my god, I forgot about Andanovic. I only talked well, all right, so I guess me and my dad are both in trouble for that one. Um It it makes sense why you would have yeah, forgotten. I mean, that I, one. I think but I let, blocked it, out his last like three years of his career. So And he was actually yeah. at the game. In our today. lifetime it's been it's been um Bergomi, Ronaldo, Zanetti, Ranocchia, Icardi, Andanovic, Ronaldo was Lautaro. Captain. Yeah, you're Ronaldo right. Ronaldo was captain ninety nine to two thousand one. Yeah. You're right. I forgot about that one. But wow. not you don't remember the fact that you don't the fact that we don't pick him out as Inter captain says more about what his captaincy was. And it's really since Zanetti, it's sort of been, you know, Zanetti I mean, had 15 trophies as an Inter captain. I mean, he is. And he I, is and I think because of the but, way Ronaldo left and and all that stuff that happened, I, I think. Yeah. And from what I remember too, as a kid. He was injured most of the time, so it's like, yeah, I can't really 
remember that. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, Lautaro has just been like just an exceptional leader on and off the pitch. I think he speaks about the club and speaks about the, you know, just everything going on with the team itself um, with such class. Like you said, he, he is a, he, his awareness in key moments and key situations, his, the touch that he has, his ability to score, his passing. I mean, is he the best version of Lautaro that we've ever seen right now? Dude, not even a question. I mean, it's anyone who says otherwise, like this is the best I've ever seen him. Um, you know, I was joking about it with Nazario in the chat, you know, saying that like, oh no, I never wanted him sold. Nope, never said a bad thing about him. Um, last year when he was having that that cold streak, I was frustrated. Um, and I remember specifically tweeting something like, yo, uh, Manu, like for seventy million, he's yours today. Like I, I like take him right now. Um you know, uh, I said it, it to to Nazario. You know, when you're you're upset and you get emotional, you can say some dumb things. I definitely did in that instance. Um, but now seeing him, I I never want him to leave. I don't care what the price is. It would have to be like a billion euros for me to even like really let him go right now. I'm not even kidding. Like the reports of billion of with what a B. His wa- the reports of his wages. Eight million a year feels like a. He's giving us a when, sweetheart. But, deal. but like, when you think about it, right? You think about it like comparing it to other sports. We were fans of other sports, you know. Like yeah. we're talking about with the Dolphins, Tua getting forty million. Tua, like, didn't Daniel Jones just get <laughs> Daniel Jones got so get... so? Okay, like to put this in perspective for for Interisti who don't watch the NFL. Daniel Jones is like giving Matias Vecino forty million a year. <laughs> like that's yeah, that, that's that's really what it looks like. That that's the level of Daniel Jones. Um. So yeah, I mean that's that is terrible. And then you look at Lautaro, and if he's only going to get eight million, and then Tua Tua is like giving who is a very mid. But had good. Uh, it's like giving Gary Medell forty no. million a year. Nah, no, that's a little harsh to Tua. But anyway, better than, better than that. <laughs> better than that. But anyway, I, I to, to yeah. If he if it's eight million, bro, we are getting a steal with this guy. Yeah, he, that means one or two things. One or two things. He loves the club more than anything. Or Agostina and the restaurant are super successful, and she she doesn't want to leave Milan. <laughs> It's, he always mentions his family when they talk about the renewal. Always. And also, the other thing that has to be considered is like he has had a proposal put in front of him for has to be three or four times what Inter is offering. And he's actively like, you can't fault players for trying to maximize their career in the short amount of time that they have the career. And he's actively choosing this club over the opportunity to do so. And he's had the opportunity in his hands. Something about the captain's armband has resonated with him, has changed him as a player, his concentration on the pitch and his, um, the desire has always been there, but it's like a focus. It's a, it's a renewed sort of focus of, uh, of responsibility that he's really grown into in a way that I didn't expect. Um, Lautaro Martinez, man of the match today, Interis, they're lucky to have him. And, um, 
yeah, let's sign to Ting soon. Let's sign to Ting. All right. Um, I guess I guess that's it. <laughs> We've spoken at length about this match. I never want to speak about uh, a game against Verona this <laughs> this intensively ever again. Um, I'll be honest. I'm surprised I, I had we- this much energy. <laughs> too like once we started once we got yeah. going it was i'm i'm one, hard to stop i'm gonna upload this and i might just pass out at my desk after i upload this guys so yeah uh, but i, he, I do yeah. notice Johnny that because of my time my fatigue i forgot to turn on my echo cancellation so i hope it's not bad guys I'm, i apologize in advance i think i, think, I did I it last episode and it was okay when i listened back to it but i noticed it right now i'm like oh i'm so tired i just didn't even notice but anyway this I think this episode is worth pushing through whatever echoes you guys yeah. can hear. Um, I think this right, is so, this is the most even though it was a controversial episode. I mean, well, game. Um, yeah, I felt really good about this one. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, so we're a minute fifty. Uh, sorry, an hour fifteen into this. Let's wrap this up here. Juventus travels to, or do they travel? They play Salernitana tomorrow. Salernitana is bottom of the league on twelve points. You expect getting, them to win that game? Payback for that six-one win, that six-one loss. They're gonna. I'm gonna say one-one draw. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I think Milan's playing Empoli, and uh, that's our closest title rivals playing um, tomorrow. And as far as there's upcoming fixtures, we have Monza, Lazio in the Supercoppa, Fiorentina, Juventus, Roma. So we're entering um, a tough period here. Monza's not going to be easy. Paladino is... No, they're never easy. Paladino might be Um, outside of the, the top teams, Bologna included, because of look at where they are on the table. I think Paladino is is the best manager of the rest. I, th- I think he clears Italiano by a, a very wide oh, margin, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. If, well, yeah, yeah, like I yeah. put him. in I the think rest. if Napoli, like I'm, I'm talking about, if like Napoli gets him, yeah. If Napoli yeah, gets I think, Paladino, I think if Napoli hires, yeah, yeah, because he's Napoli down. I, there's a lot of rumors connecting the two. I think that he also they played would for be, Milan. He would do well to hire him. He did play for Milan, but nothing, no, no, no That's part surprising. of the career to really... really. I think because of like their bad experience with Seedorf and with Inzaghi and with Catuso that they don't want to do. But ironically enough, this to... guy's probably the best. Well, not probably. He is the best one of the bunch. So, yeah, he's one of the most promising. So that's not going to be um, an easy game. After for the Monza episode, we'll discuss our thoughts on the Supercoppa. Um, it's a chance at eight million in revenue, but it's also another. It's opportunities for us to, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll save our, our thoughts on Supercoppa for post Monza. Um, let's go ahead and and wrap this up. Um, thanks for sticking with us today, guys. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi.